Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, we're Carlene and Jill, hosts of Breaking Beauty Podcast, the show all about the breakthrough people, products, and moments in beauty. On our show, you're going to find hella inspiring guests like Emily Weiss of Glossier, and you'll get beauty tips galore from the top pros in the industry, like Kim Kardashian's makeup guru, and you'll hear skincare secrets from the likes of Dr. Pimple Popper. Plus, you'll get shopping help with our Damn Goods episodes, where we review the latest products hitting store shelves to let you know what's actually worth your money. Listen every Wednesday to Breaking Beauty Podcast. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, and I am divorced, not dead. I'm a former Bravo TV star and now former wife. Fresh off the back of my divorce, I'm bringing real stories, real life, real talk on all things that aren't said between each other, society, the sheets, and everything in the middle. And lucky me, you'll be joining me for the journey. So buckle up. So welcome back to another episode of Divorce Not Dead. And um, we have a new addition to the show, which is really exciting. I have a voicemail now, so you can leave all your questions, anything that you want to ask me, and I will get back to you on 001-833-522-5527. And the number one more time is 001-833-522-5527. Ask me anything. Today, I wanted to sort of give you, because I, I know that my how-tos and all the things that you get takeaways, and as I've said before, I'm not a therapist. This is just based on my experience, can help you. So I thought about doing it the other way, not just things I lived through, but things that in hindsight, I guess I could have done differently if you really thought about them. But when you're in it and the shit's sort of hitting the fan, you don't really think about them, do you? And life kind of happens to you. So this podcast is about hindsight and about what to do to stop a divorce or to rein it back in, I suppose, because it's very easy. Once you've crossed a line, you've gone too far with certain things. And I sort of touched on that in my blowing up your own life kind of uh, podcast, that this is how to sort of see the warning signs before you hit them from everything to depression, to anxiety, to, you know, depression after babies, to losing yourself in your marriage, to becoming, you know, I think when we're young and you get married young, all you want to do is be subservient. You get super excited about becoming a wife, thinking that this is it, that's it, kicking off my heels, I'm running, you know, I'm going to make a beautiful home and then literally give my husband a blowjob every time he walks through the door and cook him a dinner. And we all know that that lasts about one year, 
one or two years where you actually think that's fabulous hosting dinner parties you know you take up flower courses cooking courses I definitely did a cooking course when I was living in New York you know picking out flowers for the house picking out your curtains doing your laying out his clothes and when you start a marriage with the best of intentions let's face it nobody goes into marriage going you know, this is shit. Everyone skips into it thinking I'm going to be the best wife on the planet, looking around at everybody else's house going, well, I'm going to do it better than her. And, you know, that's what we do. We turn ourselves into Stepford wives. We turn ourselves into the complete fucking opposite to what we are. I mean, literally our husbands find us in a corner of a nightclub with the shortest miniskirt, the highest heels, barely covering anything we're having performing wild sex and doing all these things that we to get the guy then we get the guy and we turn into their mother we literally fucking turn into their mother we kick off the heels we find you know skirts down to our knees basically so they've told us that we look like whores when they met us and you know throw out all the sexy stuff become i mean i i remember in my 20s i was literally literally dressed head to toe in chanel i i looked like a 50 year old grandmother and i mean it's funny now because i've done the complete opposite now that i can actually properly afford Chanel I don't even want I mean I do want it but like I don't want it in the same way one item on me at one time is enough before I used to look like I'd run through the Chanel sale with super glue on and I just wear anything as long as it had it on it and Hermes you know it's funny I look younger now and I turned myself into my mum for him because you know this is something even Sergio will tell you today. I haven't got around that yet because I'm a fucking perfectionist. And the thing is, the only one that strives for perfection is me. And actually, Sergio, my ex-husband, nobody asked me to be perfect. I just wanted to do it. You know, I wanted the perfect house. I wanted everything finished. You know, everyone knows you can't buy a whatever thousand square foot house and expect to walk in one day and it's all just done not unless you're like uber rich and you just hire someone and say turnkey open it you know you have to do piece by piece and you know all of these things it's just it just sort of messed with my head because I needed everything in my life to be perfect the perfect children my kids I mean Bond Point probably has all of my children's college fund because I literally used to kit them out in the most ridiculous expensive clothes ever because I wanted them to look absolutely gorgeous and matched and these little sort of pinafores and ridiculous clothing things that, you know, got thrown out after a month because, as we all know, babies and children grow at the rate of knots. And now that I actually can take them out and they can actually walk and go anywhere, they all look like either baby hookers or that, you know, they've lived on the street for 10 years because they won't, they will wear one pair of shoes, one item of clothing. Aaron only wants hand-me-downs from his brother. God knows why. Why am I going into the story? Let me tell you. I'm, t I'm going into it because in hindsight, none of this shit matters. Okay. And we put so much pressure to have the perfect marriage to everybody else. The wedding, right? It starts really with a wedding. Weddings is when it really gets out of control. Weddings, rings, all of these things, right? Because it's out of our control anymore. It's not like, it's not something that we do just because we want it. It's something to, we do to prove to everybody else. So when you're young and you get married, you have all the expectation that life is dramatically going to change. That's it. I'm never going to have to work another day in my life because my husband's going to do it. Or the husband is like, I'm going to provide for the wife and she's never going to have to work a day in life and I'm going to do everything bills wise and all this. So there's so much expectation, both sides. Then of course, you know, we all have, we come from a society that is, you know, 
keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody likes to have a look at everybody else's garden, don't they? So, you know, we all look, you may have three really rich friends who come home with a 10 carat ring and you may have four, you know, who come home with a, you know, a, literally a microchip. So, you know, you're kind of looking at everybody's rings and you want to kind of fit in. And you've got the right house. You've got the right car. All of this shit that, again, doesn't fucking matter. You know, and it really starts from there. Because when you get married, it becomes a machine. The machine that you don't get to control really becomes about our parents. Our parents take over. And that's why I tried with Sergio not to make these mistakes again. Although I did have the big wedding and everything again. I've explained it to you. Like, that wasn't me. That was Bridezilla and him. Because, you know, that's his first. And I get it for all of us. We want this big production. But not at the expense of the stress it can put on each of us because so many times and you know when you're getting married we lie to each other anyway you know like we don't really know what each other's worth you haven't opened each other's bank accounts you don't really know the stress how easy it is to make money you know life changes when you're young and you don't have kids you know you you think that money will constantly come and then it doesn't and you spend this ridiculous amount of money on a dress I think my first wedding gown let me think I don't know, back in the day, what was it, 20 years ago now? So it was, what, £10,000, which is fuck of a lot of money then, but still fuck of a lot of money now, you know, for one night. Actually, my mum called me yesterday and said, you know, it's in a box, what should I do with it? And I was thinking, fuck, so sad. And, you know, now I would do so much more with the £10,000 than buy the one gown for the party. But again, hindsight is a wonderful thing. So I think... You need to, and it's something Susan Sarandon told me, is find humor in everything. Humor gets you through life because if you look at your life as a comedy show or anything else, it's like you can't take it too seriously. You know, lucky you if you can have the 10, you know, carrot ring. But I mean, if the guy can't afford it and you're pushing for it, you're starting your marriage off on the wrong foot. I'm telling you girls, because they do it, but they do it begrudgingly. Okay, it's like a guy that's been told you have six months to marry me. And then, you know, he finally fucking does it because you've threatened his life, you know, basically. You know, you threaten to fuck everyone else that he knows and like walk off if he doesn't and shame him and, you know, all the rubbit, the rest of the stuff us women do. But he's not doing it from his own free will, you know. And I think that's the start. I was together with uh, my ex for a couple of years before we got married and it sort of came, he asked me, I think it was after a year and a half. So he did it like textbook, right? Totally textbook. Then his mum took over. The wedding became fucking gigantic. We had 750 strangers at my wedding, my first wedding. Uh, about 100, 100 people I probably knew, 150, I guess. But, you know, it became a production. It definitely wasn't bad. I, in fact, I spent more time waiting to go on show than I did sort of with people. But I mean, you know, at the end it was amazing and it was great, but it was, it was huge. And that's just a cultural thing. And I think we get swept up in other people's expectations. And I think I want to say, or what I've learned is, you know, you've got to do you, boo. Like I know some people sort of raise their eyebrows and go, what the fuck is she doing? You know, I didn't sit with my family when I had the two-day wedding here with Sergio, right? I didn't, I, I sat with my friends the first night because it was the engagement party. I felt that everybody had flown in. I sat with my family the other day and I did what I wanted to do compared to what everyone told me I should do, okay? I wanted to have two days, there were only two days of the wedding where it was all about what, 
what we wanted, how it would look for us, what would be most fun for us. Because at the end of the day, if you're having a wonderful time, everybody else is having a wonderful time. And that's fair to say, by the way, all the way through life. Uh, Absolutely. If you're having a wonderful time, everyone else is. So don't worry about everyone else first because happiness is contagious. You know, and I think from the wedding that Sergio and I has had, you know, you can see on everybody's face, the atmosphere was electric because it was so us. Like I'm 43 years old. I was in the desert in a mini dress sparkle with cowboy boots. I mean, how much more ridiculously me is that? Now, if I'd gone to my mother with this ballerina sparkle dress and a pair of cowboy boots and said, mom, what do you think about this for the wedding? She'd have like probably keeled over and gone, what the fuck are you? You've absolutely lost your marbles. But actually when she saw me in the backdrop and on the day in the desert, in my cowboy boots with this sparkly, like, you know, mini dress on, having the time of my life, she got it. She was like, oh God, it looks amazing. And nothing, I don't think I've ever seen a wedding in the desert, in cowboy boots. I mean, I probably have, I'm sure there have been, but I haven't seen one. And I was like, that wedding was us. It was purely us. My wedding pictures are magic. Me running through the desert with my husband at sunset. I mean, I could look at them all day long instead of these stiff ones that we're all forced to do, you know, in our traditional lives. And I think that that is it. I think it's being true to yourself all the way through your life. What is it you truly want? And what is it people are, you know, telling you have to do? Because once you have to do the something, the joy's taken out of it, full stop. So, you know, then what happens is you've been pushed into this wedding. So there's a whole load of either too many bills or whatever else in life. And then the resentment builds. And, you know, the wedding's over anyway. And everybody asks you the next thing it is when you're having a baby and you haven't even had a time to enjoy each other. And I think, you know, having now been with Sergio three years, we have had three years of being able to enjoy each other. We've traveled, we've laughed, we we don't have the, res- I mean, obviously we have responsibility because I have three children now, but you know, they're older and they go between me and their dad. So we do get a holiday alone and then we swap and we'll have a holiday together. So I get to have all that and I'm not in a rush to change our little unit because I kind of love it. And I think in hindsight, what could we have done? Well, you know, we wanted a bigger life, Gemini. You know, we always wanted more, or I did probably as well. I mean, I don't know. It wasn't about material things. It was just wanting more for myself. The big, you know, I always wanted a huge house, I suppose. And let me tell you, when I got the huge house, the huge house is probably part of the demise of our relationship for many reasons. Nobody tells you the bills that come with a massive house, by the way. And it's the landscaping. I mean, you know, it's the lighting, it's the everything that goes with it. And again, all the furniture, all the stuff that I wanted to make it perfect. And it didn't matter because I was working hard. We could afford it. That's not the problem. The problem is the stress of working that hard, right? What happens is once you've got all that and you've got, you know, you take two massive holidays with three of you, you know, five of you every everywhere you go a year, you know, you're, you're, you're running up serious bills. So both of us were in big businesses. And so what happens is I think you slowly, slowly... I was gone from probably, what, I was in the office by nine and I'd be home by 7.38. You know, I was living an hour out of London, 45 minutes, and I was running a startup. 
I had 70 something employees and, you know, he was working all over the world. So he was actually living between another country and England. And so we saw each other one week, one week. And I think, you know, that went on for a good six years. And if I'm really honest, that's probably where it starts. And I look at so many marriages now and they always go, well, thank God, you know, the husband's going away next week. It's great. So I've got the house to myself. And it's like, it becomes like a routine. And it's really difficult when the husband comes back, let me tell you, for another multitude of reasons, because you're so fucking used to running the whole house. So, you know, my advice to my younger self is don't let that happen. And you know what? As much as Sergio grates on me sometimes, never giving me the girls' night out or, you know, because I do believe in that as well. But I mean, I think that will change in another couple of years. He's going to suddenly want to go out himself. So I'm riding it for now because I have, I've had tons of girls' nights out, so I'm not missing it now. But the note to my younger self is the moment you're happier always without your husband, it's a sign. So, you know, and sometimes we don't recognize it because you just, it does come in the form of like a girl's New York trip, a Paris trip, a this trip, you know, and then you have so much fun on that trip and your, your real self on that trip, because remember at home, you've become this ridiculous geisha who was never really you. So the only time you can really be you is the moment your husband's not there. Now that's the disaster. Let's take a little break from the show. And I wanted to tell you about a little magical elixir called Magic Mind I came across and love and use every day since they reached out to me and sent me the first samples. You can literally just mix it in with a shake or whatever you like in the morning. And it's just, it's a coffee replacement, but it doesn't give you the jitters or the crashes and it's sustainable energy. You can drink one and you're good to go and get focused on the good stuff. I mean... Silicon Valley investor, entrepreneur James combined all the ingredients in his kitchen that helped him stay productive and crush the business world. It's the world's first productivity drink with 12 functional ingredients, including matcha, nootropics that make you focus, aptogens that help you fight off stress, taken daily it will give you a sharper mind, steady energy, immune support, and less stress. You get 30% of more stuff done in the day. That's 30% more productivity after drinking this. Magic Mind should be on your daily drink list. It is for entrepreneurs, freelancers, athletes, creators, so many different things. So don't expect to get wired, just dialed in to life. So you know... I love efficiency in my life. So I've simply just added Magic Mind to my morning routine and I've been so much more productive every single day. And it's so much easier for me to focus on what I'm doing and I don't get these afternoon crashes, which is just life-changing for me. So Magic Mind has given me, for my listeners, 20% off your first order. That's 20% off your first order. So you have to go to www.magicmind.co forward slash DND and use my code at checkout DND to get your limited 20% off. What else can I tell you about it? I mean, it really is one per day, nothing more than this. And it's so delicious. And you can simply have it alongside your morning coffee if you want. And it can be sipped or chugged or shot or however you like it in your matcha latte. Just put it into your daily routine and see the difference. Let's get back to the show. 
There you are. Warning sign number one. When you start having to hide your shopping, hide the way you dress, hide the expenses, hide, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Some of the biggest lies I know are in marriages. And when you have to start doing that, you know, it's a downward hill from there because it's very hard to get it back and suddenly be honest. You know, I remember the first time they asked me to go to therapy. I was like, fuck, I can't go to therapy. I'm going to have to actually be honest, honest about my feelings. I didn't have to do that before. It was like my feelings were I earn it. If I want to blow it in Chanel, I will. His feelings were you earn it. It should go, you know, to the pot where we all go to the house, you know, and split the bills or whatever it was, you know, if I wanted to set fire to it, I didn't want to ask permission. And when you're in a marriage, that doesn't, shouldn't happen. You know, maybe the man feels that, you know, you should ask permission. Like it's, it's, it's for both of you. So there are all these things that you're just so used to hiding instead of like not talking about not discussing. I said, I've done the one on finances, a podcast on finance, because so many of you lie to each other about finances. And that's also part of it. It's just lies in general. And you always say it's a white lie. It's a white lie. It's not serious because you're not hurting anyone really. But it is because they mount up, mount up. You have, you know, your shopping's hidden under the bed. Where'd you get that? This old thing. I'm not going, I'm, I'm only going on a girl's night. I'll be out back by, you know, it's a work trip. It's a girl's, one girl's night. We're not doing anything yet. You get blind dry. You know, all of these like little white lies. What time do you get in and you sneak home? You know, I'm not, I'm just going for an early dinner. And then, you know, he's on a business trip or whatever. All of these lies, they amount to deceit in the end, right? And then you get so used to lying and getting away with it. It's very hard to live your truth. It's very hard to actually say, no, I actually, fuck it. The kids are in bed. I deserve a night out. I'm going to go and have a girl's night and get absolutely wasted. No, you're not invited. Or you want to come on the girl's night? Let's go. Or I need to go and have a break. Whatever it is, you know, I, I, I just made some money. I'd like to go and buy myself that Chanel handbag. I've taken your credit card. It's my, you know, my dream is to have this. And whatever it is, just be fucking honest, right? Write your list, be honest. And I think that that would save quite a lot of hassle because all these lies can tend to sort of, I don't know about you, but I rely on my gut so much. My gut feels everything. All these lies sort of add up and sit in my gut. And when they sit in my gut, I just, I just, I can't be myself. I can't relax. I'm always worried that I'm going to get caught out. Even if it's a small lie, you know, like, I don't know, it, my ex was away and I've stayed out till four in the morning and I've told him I've come home at 12 and you, somebody, you know, somebody goes, oh, I saw your wife out last night. You're like, fuck. And, you know, all of these things, it's just not worth living with because slowly, slowly, he lies, you lie. Then your life becomes one big fucking lie. Okay, then you, it's very hard to tell what the truth is, what's not the truth, what's important, what's not not important. So I think then what happens is, you know, business becomes, you know, well, I mean, it's less so now with COVID because we were traveling. It, I mean, I was gone once or twice a month and he was gone every other week. So then it becomes like, well, one of us had to stay with the kids. So one, you know, the other would be gone. So we were like ships in the night in the end. And that was the down, downfall because what happens is you get a different group of friends, you get different lives, you, you start taking different directions in life. And then it's very, very hard to pull it back. I mean, if I could tell you how to stop getting divorced, I'd be a billionaire. But I, I, what I will say is try not to lose the connection. Try not to lose the date night. Try not to do the things that you know fucking irritate him. You just know it, right? There's no need to take 
to party after two. There's no need to take the extra drink that gets you so obliterated that you are blind fucking drunk. And trust me, I, even at this age, I'm I'm trying to learn that one myself because sometimes I do work so hard that, you know, you just want to go nuts, really. Take the holiday without the kids. I think that's a big one, by the way. Do stuff. I know it's hard. I know your children give you guilt trips, but it's so important. They're not going to die that you've left for two nights. They're not. You know, I have a girlfriend and her husband. I see it all the time. It's so cute because um, she actually has one child that's not very well. So her whole attention is given to this child. And so they make a thing of like sexy weekends away. They book into hotels, take their naughty laundry, lingerie, lingerie people, not laundry, and check into a hotel and get up to monkey business. And I think that's another thing also, by the way, not being honest in your sexual life. Because, you know, we get comfortable and we think in a marriage that that's what we're meant to do. And you're like, well, no, that, I mean, sex is great. I don't have anything else I want to do because, you know, we're good. I'm satisfied, you know, he, he does me, I do him, we're good and we watch a movie. You know, that is also the death because there's a fuck of a lot more to explore. And actually, it's so fun and it's sad, girls or guys, that it takes a new lover to open that side up to us. Because when you've been so long with someone, it's hard to say, actually, I'd like to try something new. It is fucking hard to say. It's embarrassing. It's hard. We all sort of, you know, it's that horrible sort of boob and talk, you know, sex talk that we all get so embarrassed, especially being English. We all find it so embarrassing. But it's such a relief when you can laugh and you can say, you know, let's switch on the porn tonight and let's get dirty or let's go away for a weekend together and let's get, you know, freaky together. And it's so funny. And actually you laugh all the way through it. So that's what you need, you know, just to make fun and make fun of each other. And, you know, you want to go to Burning Man, you want to go to Chickachella, you want to go to a festival, fucking do it. One life, people, we're going to be dead. You're not, we're not getting to come back. Do it, do it all you know, do your bucket list trips. I'm booking now China. I want to go to China with the kids. I want to go to so many things. I'm off to the Maldives this weekend. And you all think I'm nuts with my traveling, but you know, it's where we connect the most. So I think if I can just finish this podcast with some sort of tidbits, I mean, again, this is not something that is infallible, but you know, I think the top things for not getting divorced is again, Talking, communication is number one. Communication, communication, communication. Because if you're not talking, you can't fix anything. You know, if you thought about going to a lawyer, it's probably too late. But you know, that's, I've heard stories before where people have gone all the way through and then pulled it back. Make time every day, just a little bit of time to connect with your partner. Look into each other's eyes, watch TV, you know, watch TV, hold hands, I don't know, anything. Talk at the dinner table ask him how he is, ask him how his day is, have a meaningful conversation and try and listen. And I'm not the best at this because I get so stressed with three kids and all the jobs that I do that sometimes I do, I forget to listen. But what we do do is make time to hug and sort of, we always sleep with our feet intertwined and all of this. And it makes such a difference. In fact, it sort of calms you, you know, compliment your partner in front of other people, even if you hate him at the time, don't put him down in front of other people because invariably, you know, if you do want to go back, you know, you've sort of 
diminished what you have, haven't you, to all your friends, which he should be the last person you do that to. Love your partner, you know, the way he needs. So sometimes that looks very different to all of us, right? It can be anything from a hug to a touch to, and I I wasn't good at this and I'm probably not the best at this. I mean, Sergio actually pushes me into this. So I think it's really, really important to remember how to do that. And then just taking care of yourself, love yourself. You know, your health, eating, exercise. Exercise makes you feel amazing in the morning. I mean, I haven't been able to do it the last month because I've been so hectic. But, you know, I miss it because it just gets your adrenaline. Doing your self-care, brushing your hair, getting dressed in the morning, feeling good about yourself. And, you know, I think these are just the key things. Journaling, do a gratitude diary. Gratitude makes you feel very, very lucky. And with things that are going on in the world today, I think we all have a lot to feel blessed about. So I hope this podcast helps you a little bit if any of you are struggling out there. It's never hopeless. If it feels like it's hopeless and it's gone too far, then jump. Jump into the unknown and go wholeheartedly because hanging on to something that's already gone will never, never satisfy you and never help you. Let go, move on, and go get your next chapter. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 